Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on a Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV radio. Dot com. After me today, high school basketball, Montpelier and Harwood on the boys' side. But after that, Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio right here on DEV. Freddie with us every single Wednesday. So, Freddie, how are you? I'm good, my brother. Happy belated New Year, by the way. Yeah, happy belated New Year to you as well. We couldn't talk last week because the governor's state of the state address was going on, and I had to be heavily involved in monitoring that. So we're glad we get to catch up here for the first time in 2022, and we're talking about the Patriots. Patriots, Bills, Saturday night playoff action. And this is how we started the show today. I bring the question to you. At this point, how confident are you in Mac Jones as the future franchise quarterback of the Patriots. I'm pretty confident in that because I know a lot of people, I don't know what they were expecting from Mac Jones, to be honest with you. So I don't know exactly where those expectations were going to be or where they lie. But the fact that you have a rookie quarterback and you got to the playoffs and you went on a seven-game winning streak that almost got you to the top of the division where you could have won the division, I'm still trying to figure out what do people expect from Mac Jones when he just got to the National Football League and he's only played in 17 games. So I don't know what the deal with that is. I will say this. If you don't feel confident in him as your franchise quarterback, well, who are you going to find that's better? And whoever is better is probably playing on a college or high school campus right now, and that means you're trying to tell me that the unknown is going to be better than the known you have right now. I firmly believe he's going to be a better quarterback. He's going to get the right kind of coaching with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. So I beg the question, what do people want from Mac Jones where he's already been a better fit for your team as a quarterback, getting your team into the playoffs that they missed last year in 2021? You know, Freddie, you bring up great points, and I think a lot of what you said is true, and I understand it's unfair trying to predict a decade down the road only one year into the guy's career, but I'll answer the question for you at least how I see it. I'm very, very confident in Mac Jones while he's on his rookie deal. Well, the team is able to insulate him with all the help and a good defense and a good offensive line and a good running game. I trust Mac Jones 100% in that scenario. I do fear Mac Jones becoming Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who is good but paid way above what he deserves, and the team can't win with that guy. Garoppolo's trying to buck that this year. But I fear him being Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins in the future. Brady, I respect you, brother, but that makes absolutely no sense because none of those situations are the same with Jimmy Garoppolo playing with the 49ers, Jared Goff playing with the Los Angeles Rams. The, the pages run a different system and have a different organization than the teams you mentioned. And let's be honest, we're not having this conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo if he completed that pass in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. We're not even talking about Trey Lance being a part of the San Francisco 49ers. So I get when you try to make comparisons when you believe other quarterbacks are in the same weight class. But all situations are not the same. And to put Mac Jones in that same situation and say that that's your fear, why would you fear that when he's with the New England Patriots? You fear that with Mac Jones if he was with the Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets and New York Giants. Then those fears are justified. But to have that fear with him, and he's with that organization where the last time he had a quarterback like this, they went on a 20-year run, if you want to use that kind of comparison. I trust that that organization will find a way to make sure that Mac Jones is going to keep getting better and better and putting that right personnel around him than worrying about if he's going to be the next Jared Goff or the next Jimmy Garoppolo. To me, those kind of comparisons don't hold water with me. Playoff game, Pats Bills round three Saturday night in a cold Orchard Park in Buffalo. How do you see this one going, Freddie? Well, let's be honest. Man for man, the Buffalo Bills are a more talented team, but that doesn't mean that they have less pressure because if I'm the Patriots, I'm playing with house money right now because not a lot of people believe that you're going to beat them, especially the last time these two got together. Buffalo was able to put and beat the blood out of the New England Patriots on their home field. 
So if you're Buffalo, you know that that pressure is on you. They are a legit threat in the AFC to a Kansas City, to a Tennessee Titans. They have an elite quarterback when it comes to Josh Allen, who's played an elite level the majority of the whole season. The Pages, for the first time, are deserving underdog. That makes them a very dangerous team because all the pressure is on the other way. Usually in this situation, Brady, it's usually on the New England Patriots. Not in this case. All the pressure on the Buffalo Bills. If they're not able to beat a Patriots team that they're clearly better than man for man, and the only place they're lacking is when it comes to coaching, if they can't beat the Patriots, everything on their side and everything in their favor playing at home, then what does that say about the Buffalo Bills going forward and the New England Patriots going forward? Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie and Fitzsimmons with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. A lot of Giants fans in our area too, Freddie. So let's get a question on the G-Men. Um, I like Daniel Jones. And I think, like Sam Darnold, you know, in New York, he's had a lot of things work against him in that organization. What do you think is the ultimate future of Daniel Jones, though, in New York? Because I, I just feel like the rookie contract runway is done with him. I don't think you've seen enough to pay him forty-five million dollars. So I feel like the Giants either are going to use him next year as a stopgap quarterback until they can find the next guy. They're going to bench him in favor of Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers if they can get him, or they need to trade him in the same way the Jets traded Sam Darnold. The rookie contract is his biggest asset, and that's almost done. And here's the thing with what you just said, because I agree with you. And any quarterback that you believe is worth their weight in salt, why would they want to go to the New York Giants with that organization? Yeah. You can trust the new GM and trust the new coach, but you're still starting from square one. And when you think about the Giants, you're really starting from below square zero with this organization because you're not, you don't have to just change a lot of the players. You've got to change the culture that's been a losing culture the last eight or nine years in New York. So any quarterback that wants to compete for a championship or believes they can win a championship, the New York Giants can't be on your radar. So it goes back to your point when you said about Daniel Jones that this is going to be a prove-it year for him. We talk about other quarterbacks that I believe are playing for their jobs next year. Carson Wentz with the Indianapolis Colts, Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns. Daniel Jones in the same position, playing for his job not just with the Giants, and maybe staying in the NFL as a starting quarterback. So that's the right approach as far as I'm concerned with the New York Giants. They did the right thing, in my opinion, moving on from Joe Judge. You can't promise a general manager that you're going to have total autonomy, but you can't fire that guy. At that point, why would I want to take that job? And how could I convince free agents to join up with me as a new GM when they got a coach that nobody believes in? That didn't make any sense. So they made the right move there. But if you're going to keep Daniel Jones as that move to prove himself, then that's the right idea. Because right now, that's your only option other than finding somebody in the draft. That means you're really starting over, which means then what do you do with Daniel Jones? Because you can't have a rookie quarterback there who has not played it down in the NFL and think that that's going to be the guy going forward that's going to work when you don't know exactly what kind of GM or what kind of coaching philosophy are going to be there. Because that's something that the New York Jets are dealing with right now when it comes to Zach Wilson, their quarterback. You know, I don't know if Patriots assistants Gerard Mayo or Josh McDaniels are going to get a job in this hiring cycle. McDaniels at this point hasn't even been contacted by anybody. But assuming that they're both in the mix, which vacancy do you think is the best? Boy, that's a really good question. I'll say this. I think right now, and a lot of people aren't talking about it, I think maybe the best vacancy could be the Minnesota Vikings vacancy. Mm. Because you get a quarterback with that team, you got a quality running back in Dalvin Cook, you got some studs in the outside with Jefferson and Thielen at wide receiver, you got an underrated offensive line, and you got pretty good playmakers on defense. Mike Zimmer was able to run his course because plenty of people said, why are you placing your fortune on Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins has nice numbers, but he's never made a quality throw consistently in his life in the National Football League to win a football game. 
when you get the right kind of quarterback with that organization, let's say Russell Wilson comes there, now you got something because they're talented players. You moved on from Rick Spielman, the general manager, and your coach and Mike Zimmer because that was not working anymore. You bring in somebody that can coach a quarterback, that can make that offense work, and also play some playmakers on defense and make that happen. That's an opening that a lot of people are not talking about. That could be the best opening right now in the NFL because there's still a lot of talent there that's not old talent when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Freddie, we have a fear that the Patriots season is going to come to an end this weekend. And as such, a bunch of people that haven't been paying attention are going to start paying attention to the Boston Celtics, who are coming into tonight's game at 20-21. and 21. Um, Jalen Rose said it the other day, and I think correctly on ESPN, that you don't need to break up Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You need to get them a guard to make their life easier. This team, I think, does need a Chris Paul type. Chris Paul is not available. Who is? Nobody's available that you need like that, seriously, because if you're the Boston Celtics, if you need a Chris Paul type, well, he's not going anywhere from the Clippers. John Morant's not leaving Memphis. Seth Curry, we know, is not leaving leaving Golden State. There's not another guard out there that has that kind of pedigree that is going to get a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum to pay attention because those guys are either not past their prime and the guys we mentioned or the guys that you may think you can do. You really can't trust that. They've had injury issues or whatever that's going to be. They tried that approach with Kimball Walker. A lot of people thought that was the right move. But Kimball Walker became damaged goods because he couldn't produce, and he wasn't enough of a leader. Quality guy. I'm not saying he's not a leader in terms of that. Quality guy, but he doesn't rally troops around him to follow him through a brick wall. It's true that the Marcus Smart couldn't be a better version of a point guard because that would be the guy. But Marcus Smart, as tough as he is, is still too inconsistent for me to say as a point guard that people are going to follow him. The person that they need, and that's going to help Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Right now, those two aren't giving them up, and the Celtics do not have enough assets to try to pry that guy, whoever that guy may be, with another basketball team. You have to hope that maybe somebody you have right now, maybe Peyton Pritch could be that guy. I don't think that's going to be the case. Maybe the amount of drafting somebody that could be the next great point guard and hoping. But if you're going to try to fill that pocket, you're going to try to fill that pocket, you may not be able to do that with somebody else that's with the team that is not going to let that guard go. I probably asked the question in an incomplete way. I don't think they need a scoring superstar guard like that. I think they need a facilitating pass-first guard. Like, they need the Ricky Rubio type. They need the Rajon Rondo type. Now, Rubio is hurt, and the Cavs are good, so they're not getting him. And Rondo, they're mm-hmm. not bringing back. I think they need someone mm-hmm. like that, and I don't know if that guy's available either, Freddie. That guy doesn't exist right now. It goes back to what we said in our conversation, that the guys you're talking about, their teams are not letting them go. In a perfect world, it would be great if the Boston Celtics, for example, look at the Chicago Bulls, if they could get somebody what they've been able to put together so far, where you have a Levine over here, but you have a DeMar DeRozan that is a leader and guys are going to follow him. He makes things a lot easier for, for Ball being there with the Chicago Bulls and also everybody else because they have such great respect for him and he still can deliver when the goods need to be delivered with the Chicago Bulls. That kind of guy would be perfect. A guy that would be perfect for the Celtics, it's not going anywhere, and that's Kyle Lowry to Miami Heat. Yeah. That would be the perfect guy for the Celtics because you know how tough he is. He still can go, he still can guard opposing guards in the NBA, and guys know exactly that you never have to worry about not counting on him in that situation. That's why Miami brought him away from Toronto, knowing that's exactly what they need, whether Tyler Hero or Bam out of bio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Those kind of guys don't grow on trees. And usually when you have a guy like that, you are not going to be apt to let him go just because you believe you can get more in value for him. His value is worth a lot more than players that you're going to get in return for a guy like Kyle Lowry, and that's why Miami ponied up to bring him from Toronto. Freddie, big America East showdown tonight, preseason number one versus number two. Stony Brook comes to town to take on Vermont. Who you got? And there is only one acceptable answer. Well, it's going to be Vermont because it's so tough to win on the road in the America East. And believe me, Stony Brook has to deal with cold down in Strong Island. It's nothing compared to New England cold where they're going to get off that bus and the hawk is going to hit them in the face. And then the Vermont cat about the their defense is going to hit them. I can't wait to watch that game tonight. I'll be at work watching that game and tuning in. That is going to be a fun matchup. Both of these teams don't have a great affinity for each other. And I've always been a big believer, Brady, that styles make great fights and styles make great matches in basketball. you got a Stony Brook team that wants to get up and down the court and shoot a lot of threes. And you got a Vermont team that is so good defensively guarding the three and they can punish you on the inside. That's going to be a really fun matchup. Which strength is going to win out over the other? That could decide who's going to win this game tonight. But I'm with you. It is hard to win games on the road in Vermont, in the America East. I got the Vermont Catamounts winning this one. Freddie just brings the knowledge on everything. We bop around all around the NFL, NBA, and he throws in the America East knowledge at the end. That's why Freddie's the best. <laughs> Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up tonight, 9 o'clock, right here after high school basketball on DEV. Freddie, seven days away. We'll talk to you then. Sounds good, Brady. Hopefully, it's talking about a Patriots upset, but we'll see you in seven days.